Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Nick. And this is What About Wrestling? And we have our special yeah. guest with us for our pay-per-view review. Mo- Corey! Hi, guys. Corey Hi, Jones. Uh, got, you, got you roped into watching Elimination Chamber. Oh, boy, yeah. howdy. Corey uh, is... I have no idea what's going on. Corey, <laughs> Corey is my cousin, so I'm happy to have him on the show. What uh, what context do you have for wrestling at, like at all? I know that like, you had no idea what was going on for this show, but do you have any yeah. experience with professional wrestling? I haven't really watched professional wrestling much at all in my life. A little when I was a kid. I had some friends in college who were into it. But, uh, yeah, I, I never really... I, as a kid, I was sort of... Uh, actually lived in uh, Lake Dallas, Texas, which is home to famous Von Trapp family. Oh, the Von uh, Erichs. Or Von Erichs, I'm Von sorry. Von Trapp's yeah. what sound of music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one or the other. No, the Von Erichs, yeah. The Von Erichs lived there, and it's like everyone was interesting. But I was like, no. Nah. I thought I was... I thought I'd had it figured out. It's all fake. So. Yeah, that's nah. that was me with aliens growing up in Roswell. So, yeah, I understand. So but, probably the uh, kind of thing like if somebody mentioned uh, a pretty big name from your childhood or early adulthood, you might recognize it. But oh yeah, not not like you know you'd probably know the name like Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold Steve Austin or something. The like Rock. That. Oh yeah, right, exactly. But uh, yeah, these these were all fresh faces to me. Like if I said if I said the gobbledygooker, that would probably not mean a whole lot. To <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't right. follow the gobbledygooker. <laughs> I'm sure sure he puts on a good show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <all right. laughs> He's a man in a giant turkey costume that only shows up on oh. Thanksgiving matches. All right, well, I'd watch that. The <laughs> uh, I know you weren't really watching a whole lot at that time, Justin, but uh, Eddie Guerrero's older brother, Hector Guerrero, was the one who was the original gobbledygooker. Oh, nice. Little little tidbit for you. Did not know that. See, that's this, this is the, the, the crux of our show, is I watched wrestling with, like, Derek, our other cousin. He was, like, the main other person that I would watch it with growing up as a kid, but then I haven't ever watched it really again up until... Basically, right before COVID hit. Um, and I've kind of used it as uh, a, a bit of escapism during all this time. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nick has been a fan basically his entire life. And he's very knowledgeable. Yeah. So, like uh, reading up on the history of stuff that I wasn't around for. And uh, yeah. Let's let's jump into the show, though. I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we got you here. Right? Oh, yeah. This week, Radio. it was the Elimination Chamber. The most dangerous stop on the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, we started this podcast right on the road to WrestleMania. So. So here's, the thing about the road to, here's the thing about the road to WrestleMania. There's like a 30-second there like period right, like, the only time you're not on the road to WrestleMania is during <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> That's what I imagine. 
Yeah. But there's only one more. And like two weeks WWE. after, like two weeks after it, <laughs> it like the, the right, right after that, it's the road WrestleMania again. Yeah, we're coming up on the exit for WrestleMania because there's only one more event uh, before WrestleMania, like one more pay-per-view event. The so. Fast Lane. I have no idea. Is that new, or is that something that they've done before? I mean, they've used the name before. It's not a particularly noteworthy one usually. Okay. Um, I was really but... hoping for uh, Money in the Bank or something. I think they do Money in the Bank after WrestleMania, just to kind of. More more views. Historically, like the Money in the Bank match started at WrestleMania, and then you got the contract that you could use up until the next WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And the wow. reason I'm bringing up the Money in the Bank match is because it was prominent in this pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's let's jump into it though. There was a a pre show match that I I don't think any of us had the, a chance to watch. No, um, but it was a it was a four way between John Morris and. Elias, Mustafa Ali, and Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Um, and with those four names on there, um, there's really only one that kind of made sense to me as a, as a fan. Um, Corey, I know you have kind of no context and you kind of know the result mm-hmm. of it. Um, mm-hmm. But is there anybody in that list, Justin, that you would have preferred to see in the U.S. title match? No, I like John Morrison. I mean, I would have preferred to have seen Keith Lee like it was planned to be, but there's nothing yeah. you can do about Injury or injury sickness or whatever. But I like John Morrison. Yeah. Um, I saw um, him on Survivor. <laughs> I forget. You're, you're kind of a, a John Morrison head kind of thing on that. I guess. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I like, I like him. Miz. I don't like The Miz. But you're not <laughs> supposed to like The Miz. So, so he's doing his job right. <laughs> Uh, but first first match on the main show, uh, they started off hot with a SmackDown Elimination Chamber match that mm-hmm. led to an immediate yeah, match for the WWE Championship against Roman Reigns. Um, Corey, uh, off mic, you'd mentioned that this probably was your, your favorite match of the show, right? Uh, yeah, there was a lot going on here. There was. I, I just liked the, uh, the characters. There's some good... Uh, <laughs> something going on yeah i like uh, this match some, some good ass whoopings what characters jumped show. out to you uh what was his name uh cesaro i i just called him dad because he <laughs> looks like the my dad could kick your dad's ass that's guy, guy. <laughs> that's pretty fair yeah Cesaro, uh, right pound now, for pound. yeah pound for just, pound just, that's what they always say just, about him he's pound for pound the strongest wrestler yeah, well, yeah, he 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 looked like a, a dad who could hand out the ass weapons. <laughs> yeah. And I also like Kevin Owens because he looked like he was right exactly where he was meant to be in life. And, uh, I, I wanted to see more out of that guy. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Owens is uh is one of my favorites actually. Yeah, he's um, good between his his ring work, his talking ability, everything like that. Um, this. Yeah. This match also had one of my absolute favorites, which is Sami Zayn. I gotta say, that guy looked like <laughs> someone who would steal my freaking ATV. I didn't trust him. What do you think about his uh, documentary crew getting thrown out? Uh, 
I don't know. You he's off on some conspiracy nonsense. He's, yeah, like he just, I said, he's... he just recently lost the Intercontinental Championship because he was forced to defend it in what's called a lumberjack match, where they have to wrestle in the ring, and there's a bunch of other wrestlers on the outside to make sure that nobody can like leave or do any funny business, but they can also like rough right. people up if they try and throw them back in the ring. And he All said right. that that wasn't fair, and so now he hired this documentary crew to follow him around and document all the times that he's been wrong. Not the company. fair. Has he ever watched wrestling before? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, kind of the the big man of the match, which normally I don't think of him really as a particularly large wrestler, but um, what about King Corbin? Corbin was. Uh... I don't know. He didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't buy that he was the king for a minute. <laughs> no. <laughs> he won the King of the Ring fair that, and square, technically. That's that's why he's called King Corbin, right? Because he won the King of the Ring. Yeah, and I mean, and that's I'm like not, a tournament, right? I haven't ever seen that one. Yeah, it's usually like uh, I want to say like eight or ten people, um, and there's typically like three rounds, I think, and then at the end, the winner becomes King of the Ring. So, like, if he participates in the next King of the Ring and loses, is he not going to be King Corbin anymore? Uh, I don't believe so. All right. Um, but, I mean, sometimes it sticks, like, with uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Um, I think he won King of the Ring once. And, uh, uh, okay. Because all I've ever known King is... Before that, though. All I've ever known is King Corbin. I know That's that he wasn't just... always King Corbin, but the entire time I've watched wrestling, and he's been in it, he's been King Corbin. <laughs> Well, his uh, his original name um, was Baron Corbin, but I don't think it had to do with the title um, of any sort. I think that was his supposed to be his given name mm. for it. Wow. Um, so, if he loses the kingship, he'll be demoted back to Baron. <laughs> back to Baron, yeah. <laughs> he'll be forced to grow out his. Uh, yeah, he'll his need hair big again. mustaches. Yeah. And, um, I like him though too. He's got some of the the coolest moves in wrestling um, today. Um, with like his his King deep Corbin. six, which is like a spinning twirl the other person around kind of power bomb kind of thing, and yeah. his his end of days was I can't even describe it really, um, but it was pretty nuts. Um, yeah, he had some good moves. Cesaro's uh, got the swing, which is always fun to see. Oh, and I, I was mistaken. Um, I gotta Jerry say, the King what? Lawler never won King of the Ring, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I do got to say, like, uh, MVP award I got to give to uh, Cesaro's pants. I don't know how his balls weren't popping out of that thing <laughs> five minutes. And then the the pattern they had on him, like, fucked me up a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Great choice for television. Uh-huh. Um, but then um, the other two participants, you had uh, Daniel Bryan, um, who's the eventual winner. Yep. And uh, Jey Uso, which is they kind of touch base on it a little bit um, yeah. in terms of like how significant he is in, in overall storylines. Um, yeah. Is that something that was pretty clear from like what the announcers were saying and everything? Yeah, apparently he's the uh, champion dude's cousin or something of the sort. Yes. He's like his yeah. henchman. All right. Basically. And, which yeah. is why, like, in the 
in the match, the the announcer's like, oh, how convenient. He comes out last and uh, ended up getting the most eliminations in the match kind of thing, too, as well. Um, which is pretty significant because he's never been, like, up until recently, hasn't really ever been involved in, like, main match type stuff. He's always um, been a tag team guy with his twin brother, but his twin brother's injured right now. And then Daniel Bryan's always kind of like a perennial favorite um, in terms of, like, fan favorites. Um, he's a very, like, technical, like, mat-based wrestler kind of stuff. But this match, it kind of he seemed a little bit more kind of in the background more than anything else up until the end to, to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he but, definitely uh, was. Were there any particular spots that um, jump out at you for your for your recollection of this match? Oh. I love I, I loved a... I loved whenever they took the time to set up Kevin Owens being able to cannonball to all four corners of the ring with someone in it. That was funny. Oh, for like sure. That. Owens, yeah. Owens's air work was spectacular. <laughs> I gotta say, seeing a, 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 <laughs> just a big goal unit like that, move like that, is something to behold. Yeah. And they did probably my favorite spot in multi-man matches like this. Um, usually it's going to be Elimination Chamber where they have this opportunity. <laughs> but when they have just about everybody in the ring and then in succession, like everybody does their finishers to everybody else. Yeah. Um, um, where it, like, it bounced from Sami Zayn doing his uh, Blue Thunder Bomb to, um, I want to say, like Cesaro ended up doing his swing and then he got kicked. And then by um, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan did the super kick, the, right? He, he did his like running knee thing. Yeah, yeah, the running knee. Um, he doesn't do then, super kicks. And then Kevin Owens doing his, his power bomb. Um, just, it was... That kind of thing where it's like back to back to back, like big moves, like that's always really exciting. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, and yeah, just Corbin uh, got eliminated yeah. pretty early on. I was kind of, like they didn't really do much with him. Yeah, he was the first out, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, he was the third one to enter and uh, the first one out. Because um, yeah. Daniel Bryan and Cesaro um, were the ones that started the match um they went almost the entire thing off both of them Mm -hmm. Um, they're pushing cesaro uh, pretty hard right now which i like uh, and cesaro kind of like like well all wrestlers flip back and forth but cesaro's Mm -hmm. flipped back and forth twice in the time that i've been watching (laughs) um but if he's a good guy he's known as the swiss superman and if he's a bad Mm -hmm. guy at the moment he's known as the swiss cyborg uh, and uh, the announcers called him by both in the match, I noted. They did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> so they don't even know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but yeah, Jay Owen, or Jay Uso, I mean, uh, came in and uh, came in last, and he just started wrecking shit, right? He yeah. got Kevin Owens and Cesaro eliminated, which is kind of big deals, um, and looked like it was going to be really close with uh, eliminating Daniel Bryan as well. Um, but in the end, slippery devil. But in the end, uh, uh, he trapped trapped Owens in the arm with the with the door, and then like uh, Jay like kicked him like six times in the face. (laughs) That was pretty. Yeah, that was brutal. (laughs) 
But um, at the end of the day, uh, Daniel Bryan ended up sticking through from being the first one to to be in the match to, to being the winner, which mm-hmm. that match ran 34 minutes and 20 seconds. That's so, a long time for that kind of activity. Especially yeah. when immediately after. You got to wrestle uh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> that didn't seem entirely fair. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are here. Uh-uh. But, yeah, and it's always that weird thing where, like, the referee always checks to see if the wrestler is, like, okay to start the match. Yeah. Um, which was pretty funny to me because, like, <laughs> he couldn't stand. obviously he would like a bit of a, br- a breather, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But then, uh, it looked like, like that match was not a match really, but it was a minute and 32 was, yeah. seconds. I mean, I'm glad they at least yeah. didn't. No, that's uh, just they, an ass whooping. They, I'm glad they at least let him like get the yes lock in for a second, didn't he? It was for a little bit. Like it looked like he might've been able to get it done. Like he did, or not maybe was it the yes lock? I, he countered the first move for like a second. This, yeah. He got like a lock in under dude's chin yeah that's his big move is the yes lock he's yeah, like a submission uh, specialist because roman reigns went in for the quick win with a spear oh and that's he, like, right dodged and, it and, like, and then roman reigns beat him with the guillotine like he always hit, finishes every match recently which i think at this point i'm, I'm feeling is a really good finishing move especially for a heel because mm-hmm. it, it essentially just stops all momentum of the match and everything yeah um but, uh, you know i didn't I kind of liked that they set him up because he's supposed to be, you know, like this, like, kind of like mob boss kind of character uh, uh, running the show. I, I like that they, I, I liked this bit that they did with him. And I liked that he cheated in the last match by Mac against, Ke- in the last pay-per-view uh, in the Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns fought against Kevin Owens in a last man standing match. Uh, that just means it's the last. The, if you the per- first person who can't get up to the count of ten loses, and that's it. No other disqualifications, no other rules or anything. And uh, Kevin Owens definitely won that match, but Roman Reigns knocked out the referee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, doing some some of those smart tactics. You know? All right. Um, this next one was a little bit kind of weird kind of given some circumstances because it was a it was a triple threat it had the the winner of the pre-show john morrison in it um also had a riddle versus the the champion bobby lashley which i um, will say i do like watching riddle and uh john morrison wrestle because they were on raw again on monday and they had a really good match yeah i think that their abilities and their styles complement each other really really well yeah um, whereas it's it's a little bit less either believable or entertaining when Riddle's going up against somebody like Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, yeah. Bobby Lashley is a goddamn yeah. tank. <laughs> yeah, that man was just a mountain of meat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but this one would have had another mountain of meat. Um, uh, Someone Keith just Lee as big as him, yeah, Keith Lee, was uh, supposed to be in it. But he he uh, was indisposed in some capacity medically. Is it that? I wasn't I sure if it was so. that or because they did. He, didn't he just recently get married or like celebrate getting engaged or something? I don't. Yeah, know. but I, th- I think it's because she's also a wrestler and she's also. Oh, she was too. on. She was on Raw this Monday night too. Oh, was she? Yeah. Well, I have no idea then. So, 
<laughs> but um, it was it was a bit of a weird uh, dynamic because of kind of what was expected versus what happened. Uh, but I think that it went really well personally. Um, what did you think of this match, Corey? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it was uh, some fun moves in there. Um, John Morrison's got his real crazy finisher, yeah. which is like that starship pain, where he like that, goes off like, the top thing off, off the, the turnbuckle. The, yeah, it's where really he bounces cool, off yeah. the ropes by like jumping from the the mat. Um, yeah, and then uh, did you notice how many different moves uh, Matt Riddle had that? Uh, incorporated the word bro, bro into the name. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not realize that his finishing move was the bro Derek. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a guy who says bro a, a whole lot. He does. Lot. I, He's the I, original bro. I like Riddle. Yeah. He he has good spots. He had a good he, one on this past Raw where he was talking about how uh, he loved the Intercontinental Championship because it had this like gold eagle that he named Trevor because he had a friend named Trevor who was a metalhead in high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, a little bit of his backstory for you, Corey, and I don't know if you mm-hmm. know all these details, Justin, but uh, Matt Riddle is legitimately a, a fighter in the UFC, mm-hmm. um, and he ended up getting fired essentially because of his marijuana. love of marijuana. Yeah, I did know um, that. And so he got into professional wrestling. Because actually, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do drug tests, but uh, not for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, he even started his own, this own event that's still going on without him called Blood Sport, where it was kind of a mix between MMA and, and professional wrestling. Um, he was the first person to do that. And then uh, he's kind of come up, and he's recently come up to, to Raw because he had been in uh, NXT, which is like the – the oh, training area, I guess, was, for the WWE. That was the other really funny thing is everybody kept coming up to congratulate him on Raw, and he was like, "Oh yeah, man, I'm so glad everybody finally watched that War Games match I was in. It was so awesome." <laughs> <laughs> Which is a pay per view from the old from NXT whenever he was on that. So he was like thinking everybody was congratulating for that and not just winning. <laughs> He's hilarious. And speaking of uh, yeah. uh, of mafia type things with Roman Reigns, there's a uh, another kind of mafia type group in my the opinion. Hurt, the Hurt Business, yeah. The Hurt Business, and that's uh, um, Bobby Lashley. He came out with uh, a wrestler that goes by the name of MVP. He's the one that had the crutch. Yeah, um, and uh, they work with some other people too in a in a group, and um, that's that's essentially. They're the Raw Tag Team Champions, right? No, they lost to Dolph Ziggler and... I thought uh, Dolph Ziggler was on... uh, Or is that SmackDown? SmackDown. I believe the Hurt Business is the Tag Team Champions. Yeah, Hurt Business is the Tag Team Champions. I'm getting my shows mixed up. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode are the Tag Team Champions on SmackDown. They keep switching up who's on what show, so I get confused. (laughs) But, yeah, are they getting up to no good? <laughs> but uh, on on this right with uh, I love how they also bring up the fact that like there's no disqualifications in like triple threat matches. Because um, up that to that sense, po- right? Up to that point, nobody really oh. broke the rules until he used the crutch. Right, and they like the announcers kind of headed that off, right? Where they're just like, "Well, there's no disqualification," and it makes sense, right? Like. 
if you get disqualified, does that just mean that the match is over or does it mean you're out? Like, I'm just kind of throwing that out, like makes sense. And then if I remember correctly, John Morrison was going to use the crutch first, right? He's the one yeah. that, like took it from. He was going to use it, but the MVP got him in the hurt lock, which is just a full Nelson. Um, but it yeah, does hurt. I don't know if you've ever it, been in a full Nelson. They hurt. I have been. Um, I've also done it a few times to my brother that's younger than me by seven years. Mm. Um, as an adult, I realized that was probably not the best idea. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, yeah, that hurt lock, like that, that put an end to John Morrison's participation in the match pretty quick. Um, yeah. But it also uh, it opened up an opportunity for our boy Riddle, right? Because um, he went in, uh, broke the crutch on Bobby Lashley's back, which yeah. was pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, um, and then he he got the win with the bro Derek, I believe. Yep. Which is basically what is like a splash off the top rope. No, it's where he like has them upside down, and he puts one hand like below them, one hand on top, and does like a slam to he like make pancakes them to the floor. Oh, okay. With him uh, on the top. The floating bro is the one I was thinking of. Was, was yeah, 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 splash, yeah. I think so he's got. I think he's got one move. That's not that doesn't have the word bro in it, and that's like the final flash knee strike. And that's the only movie he has that I can think of that doesn't have bro in it. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, he won. He got his championship. He got out. He's um, lost to it, Bobby Lashley one on one for this championship. Well, not against. The, he's tried to get this championship against Bobby Lashley for several weeks on Raw and could not beat him. So. That's what this was. Alright. Giving him a chance to get it without actually beating Bobby Lashley. And it's interesting because I don't think Bobby Lashley's going to go after Riddle at all. Because he's immediately uh, going after The Miz. Because of stuff that happens later on. But uh, before we get to that, right? Um, next one, honestly, I think this might have been one of my favorite parts of the night was this next match. Nia, um, I love but... watching the women's matches. Uh, yeah, the tag so team talented. The women's tag team, because so we have this, we have this theory, Corey. Um, mm-hmm. I want to get your your feedback on it. So, Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler are the champions when they when they were coming out and stuff, right? And they came out kind of separate. Um, what mm-hmm. stood out for you between uh, Nia and Shayna versus like other people you've seen um, to, that night? Uh, they looked like they could actually kick someone's ass. Nia <laughs> uh, Jack, she's much larger than any of the other women that were involved. Right. Yeah. Um, so that kind of speaks for itself. What spoke yeah. to you about Shayna Baszler that you're like, oh, she's going to she's gonna beat some ass? <laughs> she looked like, uh, frankly, an MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah. She looked very uh, athletic and uh, but yeah, she, she looks like... They're also both MMA very mean. Fitness. Both fair to me. Yeah. She's a former <laughs> MMA fighter, um, but we always point out the fact that she's the only one. Actually, I think Cesaro still does too for a yeah. different reason. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she's the only one that wears a mouth guard. Wears a mouth guard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're going into a match wearing a mouth guard and nobody else is, and you're not required to, that kind of to me it, it signals like you're ready to do some fucked up shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Um, I'd want a mouth guard if I was yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, 
And then um, they were against uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble for the women. um, So she has the opportunity to challenge for um, any woman's title that she wants. At at the main event in WrestleMania. Well, I guess they won't be the main event. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Probably not, though. Um, and did anything jump out for you um, for Bianca Belair and Sasha? Um, yeah, nothing in particular. Um, no, they uh, they seem to. They're not an established tag bit... team. What's that? They're not an established tag team. Like this yeah, is their first match. Yeah, there's to be a little bit of maybe rivalry between them, but uh, they seem to work together fairly well there yeah and the reason there's a rivalry is because sasha banks is the woman's champion for raw or and bianca belair can challenge for whatever title she wants so she could challenge sasha banks for her title there's gonna be a question i'll have for you um at the end of the match because i don't remember the context of why this is happening but um it's gonna be for the end of it but um, with Bianca and Sasha um, not being an established tag team, there was also um, like they did, they did their match right. Like Bianca Belair, her gimmick is that she's the the EST of the WWE, like the biggest, fastest, strongest, that kind of stuff. Um, and she's got some, she's done some really <laughs> amazingly athletic things that um, a lot of times will surprise me that somebody could even do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then Sasha Banks is the, the boss is her gimmick, um, which is to be, is different than being the head of the table, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, I feel like this was a, like a really, really solid match. Um, they did uh, do some jokes about uh, Nia Jax's hole. They did. Um, That's a big thing going on right now. I don't know. You probably, maybe you've heard of it because I don't know how big it is, but it's one of the greatest moments in uh, current wrestling TV history was uh, Nia Jax's My Hole moment. Yeah, she uh, basically <laughs> dropped onto her butt um, on the, the corner of the she does a She does a leg drop move where she like drops the leg on the chest and she tried to do it to someone on the apron, but they rolled out of the way. And so she landed, tailbone hitting the thing, and she like grabbed her back and was like, "Oh, my hole!" And then... oh. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you land wrong. This is what uh, this is entertaining. <laughs> and then oh, is quality, uh, quality. Ever since then, you know, I'm surprised we haven't seen merch around it there might be i haven't looked to be honest i'll look give me a moment (laughs) because it's something that they keep (laughs) showing they keep showing the clip over and over again and they keep referencing it (laughs) and it's been memed all over the internet well i do not see any merch unfortunately just yet But uh, Sasha Banks is cousins with Snoop Dogg, so her intro has Snoop Dogg rapping in it. Nice. I found a a real low uh, effort 
t-shirt made on Etsy for 12, for 20 bucks. Mm, okay. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. But I mean, this match, like if you're just looking at them, right, it's not, it doesn't kind of lend itself to the smaller team winning. Right. Cause you got Nia Jax who's comparatively huge. Yeah. And, and then, she's related um, to the rock, right? For sure. Nia Jax is related yeah. to the rock. Um, and then yeah. uh, Shayna Baszler is a legitimate champion of MMA on it. Um, that's, that's come up recently, actually, too. Like, not as recently as a lot of people, but a lot of people were. Uh, yeah, she Nia Jack used to be in NXT too, didn't she? She did. Um, actually, everybody in this match was from NXT at one point. Um, but um, there were some really cool spots, especially with. Uh, Shasa or Shasa, Shasha, um, Sasha, doing her uh, her meteora uh, move on. I believe she did it to both Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one where um, she basically jumps at their face with her knees and drives them down to the the mat. Um, oh, yeah, which was uh, quite cool. But um, that that match it ended with uh, somebody who's been mentioned before. Um, in one of our uh, pay-per-view shows, uh, Reggie, right? He came out with his mm-hmm. fine bottle of champagne to to celebrate the yeah. win of Sasha and Bianca. Getting all up in there, just messing everything up. He did. He messed everything up. Yeah. So Rumor is the... Reggie's got a crush on Sasha Banks. Because he technically works for Sasha Banks' rival, uh, Carmella. And he works as a sommelier. Yes. Um, which is, explains the champagne, even though I thought sommeliers were for wine. Um, <laughs> but, so is that, is that the, the context of why he's involved in any way? Is that he's supposed to have a crush on Sasha? And... Um, well, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, I guess, technically got this match. Um, because they were involved in a trip, a three, a, a six person tag team match with the two of them and Reggie versus uh, Nia Jax, Shauna Baszler, and I forget who their other teammate was. <laughs> okay. And him being involved with them rather than just doing his job with uh, um, with Carmella is because of his supposed crush on her. Yes. I got you. Um and uh and he he pinned uh Nia Jax to win oh wow on raw and that got Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks this title shot which apparently that's really weird to me because we just had the Dusty Rogue the Dusty Rhodes women's tag team championships it was like a huge thing that led to an awesome fucking pay-per-view one of the best pay-per-views i've ever seen we already did which was uh Vengeance Day on NXT and, but they get a match against them for it before them because a, another dude pinned her, whatever wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he he tosses in the bottle because he wants Sasha to to hit Nia Jax with it. I guess mm-hmm. if that was uh, clear, which would if caught would have been a disqualification. Um, but it caused a distraction that let. Naya uh, capitalized with the 
called a Samoan drop where you pick them up across your shoulders and drop onto them. Um, yeah. And, um, but it was, I, from start to finish, this match was quite entertaining. They mm-hmm. told a good story with it in terms of how Sasha and Bianca were working together, but not really working together versus like Shayna and Naya, who are an established team yeah. at this point with how long they've had the championship being, what, a month? Well, they're two time they're two time tag team championship. That's right. Now, um, and I and also they were a team that was kind of just thrown together, but like I guess that works sometimes because I do buy them because they're both such bullies. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it just works. And uh, I just recalled uh, probably my second or third favorite thing that happened in this uh, pay per view mm-hmm. um, wasn't even a match. Um, it involved uh, The Miz and Bad Bunny. Um, Bad Bunny. Um, do you have any context about who either The Miz or Bad Bunny are, Corey? Uh, no, not really, although that was a, uh amusing little exchange there. Yeah, because Bad Bunny is a very successful um, Latin pop star, I think, or, or rap. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got tons of downloads on Spotify. He's got he, Latin Grammys. He just um, but he's, he just released a song about Booker T because he's a big fan of wrestling, and that got him on performing for the Rumble. And since then, he's just been he kept being on it, and now he's right now the twenty four seven champion, which is hilarious. And that that championship basically is always something that somebody else can win as long as they have a referee with them and they pin the champion. There is a really Just... great spot on Raw this week <laughs> with uh, the guy he beat for it, R-Truth, trying to take it back. Uh, but Damian Priest was there. <laughs> um, he just... Bad Bunny just slapped the taste out of the Miz's mouth. Yeah, um, yeah he did. And this, this was the first kind of viewing of the Miz for this event, I believe. Um, and what's notable about him is he thinks he's... Uh, an A-list celebrity because he was on. He was uh, a reality Marine TV 3. show, right? He's got reality TV shows. He was originally on um, Real World versus Road Rules. Yeah, that's right. Like he was a reality yeah. TV show person that became a wrestler, right? Uh, right. Um, but he wants Bad Bunny to help him and John Morrison get an album deal. I think is his ongoing thing with Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of starts a rivalry where Bad Bunny slaps the shit out of him. Um, and as he's collecting himself, he goes back, and then there's Bad Bunny's childhood friend, Damien Priest, because they both grew up in Puerto Rico, even though Damien Priest is 12 years older than Bad Bunny. Um, mm-hmm. And then nothing happens. Like, after that, like, he gets slapped, and they all just <laughs> walk away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then... Um, now that we've kind of rewound about back a little bit, right? I just I love mentioning Bad Bunny because one, that's a great name, mm-hmm. um, but two, like just the the surrealness even in wrestling of him not only being a champion but him. Did you see? So he just recently performed yeah. on Saturday Night Live uh, as the musical guest. He also did a sketch, but also during his uh, Saturday Night Live performance, he had the twenty four seven championship on him. 
That's that's a flex that not many have have been able to do. Uh, that, that is a flex. You know what? If I had a freaking WWE belt, I'd be carrying around with me everywhere. Just it, it'd be in my car with me, go to get gas, just sling it over my shoulder. But, yeah. Um, the reason I bring this up is this is the the first of two backstage segments with uh, the Miz, because uh, prior to the final elimination chamber match. Um, He's seen talking with MVP, who represents Bobby Lashley. And the rest of the Hurt business. Um, We don't hear what they say. We just kind of see them talking, looking uh, pretty uh, contemplative about what's being said between the two. Um, And then transitions to the Raw Elimination Chamber, which for this one it was whoever won that match would walk out the WWE championship. Yeah, the champion. This guy unlike Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre is a fighting champion, so he wasn't going to take some bullshit shortcut to like fight someone who's already spent. He wants to be in it. And this uh this match had a lot of uh nationalities represented actually too, now that I think about it. Um cuz uh in the match we had uh AJ Styles, he's just—he's a Georgia boy, yep. um, but he's got his uh, his security is back up almost, um, who is probably twice as tall as a lot of different people. I believe he's <laughs> uh, he is from um, Nigeria, and um, then you got Jeff Hardy's North Carolina. Yeah. He's uh, wore, wore some interesting face paint, mm-hmm. um, and there's Kofi Kingston who was a late addition to the match, um, but he was uh, actually born in Ghana. And oh, his yeah. original uh, gimmick was he was saying that he was from Jamaica instead <laughs> and had a fake Jamaican accent. <laughs> um, and uh, next is uh, Randy Orton, who's from St. Louis. So um, a lot of, a lot of uh, white people represented on here mm-hmm. uh, from America. Uh, but next is Seamus. He's Irish from Ireland. Um, and I believe you said this last time that Seamus is canonically in WWE canon related to Beaker. Right, from uh, the Muppets. I, I see the resemblance. <laughs> I see the family. <laughs> right there. Um, and then the champion, uh, Drew McIntyre, is uh, from Scotland. So kind of most international representation of any match I can see on the card right here, and and I don't know if you caught this little tidbit, Corey. I don't. I, mm-hmm. Maybe you weren't aware, but Drew McIntyre and Sheamus they used to be best friends. <laughs> that seemed to be the implied <laughs> thing there. I'm, it turns out that friendship does not mean anything to Sheamus. He just wants the championship. Yeah, which, as a wrestler, isn't that supposed to be the case? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's, it's building him up as this bad guy, right? Of oh, he betrayed his friend, but like, part of me is like, well, I, I don't know that I want to betray my friends, but like, if I am an athlete, like, being successful at being an athlete is kind of a big deal. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're competing against your friends. It's, you know, friendly competition, but maybe don't bite their ears. But yeah, I guess that's more of the point. Is that he could have. He could have just been like, hey, Drew, can I have a match where we defend your champion instead of, like, kicking him in the face from behind? And <laughs> well, yeah. This is Look, a game of kicking people in the face from it behind. Is. It, is. it is. It is. 
Um, but this one, um, how did it? How did this chamber match differ from the the first one for you? What like differentiated it for you? I mean, I don't know. These uh, first of all, I just felt like everyone here has been doing this for longer. It was a more a uh, polished match, I'd say. Um, just my gut feeling from watching it anyway. The first one, you think people were doing it longer? No, this one, I'd say. Oh, this one. Okay. I was yeah, just... yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That is fair. The majority of the people in, in this match have been wrestling for longer than yes. the other match. So I, that's a, a real fair assessment on that. I believe the 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 setup for this match is that they're all used to be WWE champions. Right, right. Correct. So yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that uh, experience at play there. Um and yeah, a lot of good uh, moves there. Um, yeah, uh, I, it I just know. still blows my mind every time I see Jeff Hardy, either of the Hardy brothers wrestle, because I'm just like, dear lord, you've been doing yeah. this forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need to note watching this, just this hits different as a forty year old man. <laughs> as I get older and watch, it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. oh my back. <laughs> If you had to guess, I know there was the uh, the face paint kind of in the way, but do you have a guess as to how old uh, Jeff Hardy is, Corey? I I wouldn't even begin. It's a familiar name, so I want to say he was wrestling back in at least like the nineties. Yep, so, the Hardy yeah, brothers, him and his like brother, 50, at least. He's forty three. Uh, oh, right. he got started. He was he started. in wrestling in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, they, he started as a, a jobber, so someone who's not famous and meant to lose um, at yeah. the age of 15. Um, so uh, he's had a mm-hmm. he's had a career that's spanned <laughs> that's spanned from 1992 in some capacity with him and his brother doing backyard wrestling until yeah. now, which was is almost just as in... long as I've been alive. Like yeah. I was born in '89, so. Almost, he, yeah. He, yeah. Got, he got started wrestling when I was three years old, which just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, his four joints. And he's known, not only that, but he's known as one of the biggest risk takers out there. Like, yeah, no, he's still like doing big jumps and stuff. Yeah, no. Um, but a lot of different things happen. One thing that I noticed a lot more for this event than for previous Elimination Chambers um, it was a lot easier to hear the wrestlers doing their trash talk. Yes, it was. Um, they had mics. They had and, uh, they had mics in those chambers, which was a good yeah. a good touch. Yeah. Kofi Kingston, especially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was it uh, for uh, Was it for Randy Orton or was it for? Um, um, it was Randy Sheamus. Orton. We we was talking about your quads. You've been doing squats. <laughs> You've been doing squats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just go with the positive trash talk. I hope <laughs> well, but, I mean, Kofi Kingston is part of the New Day, and they're all about positivity. Power of positivity and pancakes. Yep. I, I liked his little entry show he had. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> but a couple of stories on this one. One is that. The first person eliminated was Randy Orton. That's usually that's a big deal because they they they've. It seems like since I've gotten back into wrestling, that Randy Orton has been like front and center. 
basically the entire time. <laughs> yeah, he's... And I um, get it. He's great. His RKO's out of nowhere are some of, like, the best moments in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, he, uh... He's been at the top for a long time, and it, he's kind of at that established point that, like, on any given day, like, he could be put into a championship match and it would make sense. Um, and not only that, but he's essentially always uh, a threat to, to win those matches. Um, so, and he's been wrestling for the WWE for basically 20 years at this point. Um, and I think he's had the championship like 12 times or something crazy like that. Yeah, he's getting uh, close to breaking Ric Flair's record. But he's only 40 compared to 43. <laughs> but um, it seems like he's still got a lot in the tank in terms of uh, going on there. Like he potentially could win the the championship multiple more times. So he's actually won the championship 14 times. So he's behind uh, John Cena and Ric Flair, who are both at 16. Yeah. And Triple H is at 14. Um, but it, it was a big deal because... If you go into a match like this, right, like if you kind of think about it logically, you're you're facing five other top tier performers. If you lose right. the match, like it's it's kind of expected because there's so much to, different things going on. But being the first one to be eliminated when you're at that high of a caliber is is kind yeah, of bonkers. That's kind of a bummer, I imagine. Um, I was happy for it because, like I said, I think they've been leaning on Randy Orton a bit too much lately. And he's also got some uh, unfinished business uh, with uh, the, fiend. the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Which you don't know anything about. <laughs> Damn thing. So, for context on The Fiend, um, The Fiend is portrayed by Bray Wyatt. And he'll appear on camera either as himself, quote-unquote. Um, Bray Wyatt. A super kind of... Think of it like uh, like he tries to run like a Blue's Clues type show. Right. Um, but he has like um, little he has like little puppet sidekicks. His intro is like, We're really glad that you're our friend. That's like his intro music. And the way he talks for the most part seems pretty positive and like catering to kids, but sometimes it'll get a little bit darker and a little bit more sinister. Um, yeah. but on the other side of the coin, um same person has, has a a horror mask basically that he wears to the ring. Um think almost like slipknot. I guess would probably be the best way to Yeah, it's very it. slipknotty. Yeah. Um and um supposed to have uh paranormal powers in terms of being able to like turn off the lights and absorb punishment at Tele- a, a different teleport. level than your, your regular wrestler would do. He's going to come um, back from the dead. Right now he is currently considered dead because Randy Orton lit him on fire. Uh legitimately for both of those statements dead and fire is in canon. Uh, and which, the spirit of the fiend infected a different wrestler, which is a female star known as Alexa Bliss. So she's and, kind of like she went from being herself to acting more like he did whenever he was possessed by the fiend. Until I'm assuming he's going to eventually come back. Either that or Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> also, Alexa Bliss is. Maybe five two, yes, and a hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah. um, 
So um, it's it's but it's great a, because every time she gets in the ring, people look terrified of her because she's got the fiend inside of her. That's a that's a bad statement to make. I'm sorry. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. She got the spirit of the fiend. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um, other other context for this match is, um, I believe they made a point of mentioning it a couple of times. Uh, but Sheamus. Uh, won the chance to enter last in the match uh, because he won a gauntlet match on Raw, which is basically match... is basically this, but without the big cage. Yeah, and it, it but it goes one at a time. Like two people wrestle, one of them loses, and then the, the winner next stays one. in, and then the next person comes in, and they continue that way. Um, so if you if you enter last on that, you're kind of at an advantage. But um... which I believe he did. He entered last in that and won. And that's how he entered last in this one. No, it'd be advantage just, yeah, be just a lot less winded. Go in fresh while everyone else has been throwing each other around for 20 minutes. And, um, almost, uh, ripped AJ Styles thing off so he could get into the match early, which was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So those, those, not really cages, but pods, um, <laughs> historically, the, the bulletproof glass that they've used has always been something that would come into to the match in some capacity. Yeah. Um, in terms of somebody breaking through it or getting broken through it. Um, last year, I think uh, Justin's favorite wrestler got punted out of the ring through the, the glass. Um, was, was that last year with Otis? Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, so this you know, year, I was sad that there was no women's elimination chambers matches this year because they I, had I, that last year. Shauna Baszler won, right? I believe so. Um, because yeah, she's that, like the cage fighter, and it was a cage match. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So I, uh, that was disappointing. I would have. I think I would have liked to have seen that, but I think having three elimination chamber matches would have been tough. Yeah, and I don't know how they would have navigated having a mixed Raw and SmackDown match um, like that. But um, but yeah, so almost who's seven foot three just rips off the back of the cage because after Randy Orton was eliminated, I believe, right? Yeah, he, he RKO'd like three people, and which, they were just left in the ring. And he wanted to take advantage because AJ Styles is real talented, but right now he's a uh, He's a bad guy, so he's he's gonna take every cheap shot that he can. Um, and uh, so he goes in, manages to not pin anybody, um, and so now he's just in the match um, rather than having to wait for the countdown. Um, <laughs> but uh, from the the match itself, I don't remember too much other stuff being all that important. I mean. Kofi did climb on top of the pod and then just kind of jump back and fall onto everybody all at once, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was quite a move. I, I wrote my notes there. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was there any other spots that you uh, made note of or anything like that? Oh, uh, no. I mean, I just, uh, I was impressed uh, again with Hardy's Jinkos. I said he's been going since the 90s. I think those... Those, uh, <laughs> those, those pants. Are, 
Yeah. Anytime you got face paint where you paint eyes on your eyelids so that when you open and close your eyes, it looks the same. It's got to give you some yeah. kind of unfair advantage. Yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> but uh, I did notice at one point... Uh, he didn't turn into Willow this time. He did have the, the knee braces on. It's something that, when he's since he wears pants all the time, you don't really see. Um, but yeah. I didn't realize like it makes sense that he would be at this time, but um, he was wearing some, some knee braces. Um, and uh, you got a, a bunch of kicky boys too, because uh, yeah. Kofi it's... Kingston has his uh, is it the SOS kick that mm-hmm. he does? Yeah. Um, Sheamus has his brogue kick. And Drew McIntyre has uh, the Claymore. And so, and uh, AJ a lot Styles of moves are... that involve flying across the mat, like AJ Styles' phenomenal forearm. Right. And even the the 450 splash that the first one seemed to have been a botch. So yeah. He did it again. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he basically landed on his back, like right on top of somebody. <laughs> yeah. um, which seemed effective, but it didn't <laughs> seem what, like it was on purpose. It's not what he was going for. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I mean, after, after 31 minutes, 10 seconds of pretty brutal match, uh, Drew McIntyre, he entered number three, he went, entered the champion. He left the champion. It's all good, right? Um, You'd think. You'd think. Roll credits, right? Roll credits. But then, little did you know that there's something called the Money in the Bank contract. (laughs) Which is apparently just a giant comical green bean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Inside that, there's a contract where he can challenge any champion at any time he wants, basically. All right. Are you buckled in right now, Corey? <laughs> I, I, I'll try not to fall out of my seat. So here, here's the saga of this year's Money in the Bank. Oh, uh, God damn it. <laughs> so the Money in the Bank event was probably like the second or third pay-per-view um, in the COVID era. That I and watched, so, yeah. Um the the money in the bank match is a multi-person match similar to this one where everybody's in the ring all at once and, and it was, typically this you was, have to climb a ladder this was back when they were the getting this is back when they were getting real weird with their pay-per-view matches because it was right when covid started so they didn't mm-hmm. have they didn't have these like big screens of people being able to virtually attend it was just yeah. empty bleachers just uh, <laughs> just battle and a boy <laughs> So and what so they did for they this had... was real innovative. Like I give them credit for it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good uh, solution for the problem. Both the men and the women's matches separately went through the headquarters of the WWE, which is a multi-story building in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And at the top of the building on the roof, there was a ring with uh, the title match suspended above it. Yes, with um, a briefcase that you could pull down. And if you're the first person to get up there all the way up that big multi-story building and climb up that ladder in the ring and grab that briefcase, you win. Mm-hmm. And that ended with my boy, my favorite wrestler, Otis, winning against all odds because uh, basically two people were fighting for it at the top and it fell and he caught it. <laughs> and so you'll notice that Otis is not the Miz. Yes. No. They're... But for for at least weeks or months, Otis had the championship. 
he had some relationship drama between his tag team partner who betrayed uh, him separated yeah his, uh, girlfriend, his girlfriend broke up with him and then um enter Miz and morrison they sued him the Miz sued him and won by bribing the judge to get the money in the bank uh to have a match and whoever won- wins gets the money in the bank contract and he won so he became the money in the bank and then he's cashed in the money in the bank contracts twice now i think but got it back due to technicalities so this is the third time that he's cashed it in and he finally won with it and it's also <laughs> something that at least at the previous pay-per-view if not before that i haven't picked up on um, it was teased very, very heavily that there'd be a cash-in. Yes. Um, we mentioned the last man standing match between uh, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Um, in that match, they went to the backstage area, and uh, on one of the tables that they ended up... I don't remember if they went through it or... They were just, they were just fighting, fighting around. Them. There was the Miz's um, gear along with the Money in the Bank briefcase. So it's like a <laughs> teaser that he might show up or something. Which would have made sense after a match like that, because it's a pretty brutal match. Um, but that's got us to this point, where the cell is being brought up off the, the ring with their their wenches and what have you, and cranes and all that. And right. Drew McIntyre's a little tired, I would say. <laughs> little, yeah. But even then, I think at this point, he could have beaten The Miz. Yeah, if The Miz had gone in at that point, cashed in... There's a good chance that Drew McIntyre would have kept the title. But that's not what was in the cards. What no. was in the cards is a throwback to a previous backstage season or episode. Where, or not episode, but... Segment. Segment. There we go. I got you. Um, <laughs> with uh, MVP and, and The Miz talking and uh, out comes the man, the mountain, the myth, uh, Bobby Lashley. Uh, with pretty much no explanation or real reason to it, other than he's mad. The, he's a mad. He's a mad dude. He just <laughs> starts beating the shit out of Drew McIntyre, who's real tired. Um, he puts the hurt lock on him. Uses the hurt lock to slam him down. He does a spear and a hurt lock. That says two yeah. big moves. He does both of them. And I really, really like Bobby Lashley's spear when he does that little like spinny thing at the end. Yeah. Um, after he hits him, because. I don't know that it's necessary at all, <laughs> no. but it looks cool. Um, but uh, and then the the awesome drops as uh, the Miz rushes in and cashes in for the Money in the Bank contract, and he gets one move off and goes for the pin, and then Drew McIntyre kicks out, but then he gets his big move, which is called the Skull Crushing Finale, which is basically like mm-hmm. a a leg sweep that drives him face first into the mat. And after 31 seconds, that's all she wrote. Yep. Was, uh, and then he, he made some, and match. then the Miz made some real funny faces. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, uh, uh, I'm yeah. personally looking forward to peak Miz because it's, <laughs> I hope he brings up, he brings back like when he was talking, a lot of times, like the crowd would boo him, and so there were times where he'd say, "When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut." Yeah, <laughs> which is such a shitty thing to say, but I love it. <laughs> um, but um, that's where it fades out at that point, and then little little bit of uh, continuity for you, Corey. Um, something that 
we're probably going to end up talking about more in depth in a later episode. Um, turns out that the Miz promised Bobby Lashley a shot at the title um, for roughing up Drew McIntyre on mm-hmm. that. He said that he'd be first in line to, for the Miz to defend against. But big surprise! Guess what happened on Raw? The Miz tried to get out of that. Of course, of course. And Bobby Lashley and Bobby Lashley was having none of it. He basically was like, "You're gonna give me a match, or I'm going to, I'm going to end you." <laughs> um, but then another guy named Braun Strowman, who is even bigger than Bobby Lashley. His gimmick uh, right now is he's a human train. Yes, he's known as the Strowman Express. <laughs> he's a mountain over what, like three hundred and forty pounds? Yeah, like six foot seven, like a monster of a man. Yeah. Um. So, a lot, a lot of irons in the fire. He showed up, on. and there was. I haven't finished Raw yet, but I know that there's going to. I think the main event event of this week's Raw is Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. And if Braun Strowman beats Bobby Lashley, then next week The Miz has to defend his championship in a triple threat match against Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. So I'm just going to guess that Braun Strowman's going to win because that's going to set up that match. They wouldn't tease it and then have it not happen, I don't think. (laughs) Alright. So now that... uh... Oh, wait. I just read that it did. He beat him. Lashley defeated Strowman. So it's a singles match. Well, maybe uh, maybe Strowman will still uh, show up. Interject himself, yeah. So one last thing I want to talk about before we end. There was a canceled match. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, supposed are you? Uh, Do you know who Ric with... Flair is? Yes. Woo! Yeah, that guy. Of course. Approximately uh, 700 years old, Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So his daughter, Charlotte Flair, is a professional wrestler now. She's known as the Mm -hmm. Queen. She's like, she's kind of like established almost as well as like in the female division as Randy Orton is in the male division. I would say like in that she could show up at any time and challenge anybody and it'd be a threat to win at any given point in time in the women's division. Fair. Um, uh, she wasn't supposed to be involved, but uh, the current raw women's champion, Asuka, who is one of my absolute favorites. She's known as the queen of tomorrow. Uh, she cuts great promos even though most of the time she doesn't speak English in them. Um, just all energy. With she's them. just all, yeah, she's great. Um, but she was supposed to defend it against Lacey Evans, who is currently aligned with Ric Flair. <laughs> um, to uh, taunt Charlotte Flair. Basically, Ric Flair, who's known as the dirtiest player in the game, like, he's the sneakiest backhand, like, the master of backhanded tactics, Ric Flair. Right. That's his, that was his thing. Um, so now he's cost his daughter several matches and has teamed up with this girl, Lacey Evans, who Charlotte Flair hates. And it's been recently announced, 
And the reason that this match was canceled is Lacey Evans is pregnant with Lick Fair's daughter. Now, she's not really pregnant with Ric Flair's daughter. She is really pregnant, but that's just... <laughs> she's married to someone else, and they're just using this as a storyline thing. But <laughs> there was a, there was a uh, development in that story on Raw also, yeah. um, where they called it out that Ric Flair is not actually the father, I believe. Oh, okay. So, but they did hint at it real hard. They did. They really did. There was a point because Lacey Evans is known as the sassy Southern Belle, and her song literally is like something. It says something about being traditional. Uh, a bunch of times and it was just really funny because there was a moment in raw where she says i can't have the match i'm pregnant and then it plays her theme music of like so traditional with rick flair dancing around her saying call me daddy and he's like 73 years old or whatever <laughs> yeah, that's a little awkward <laughs> so um sometimes as a fan, you might hear that uh, professional wrestling is a, a carny business. Um, is that a phrase that either of you have ever heard before? No. So, but professional... I can, I can see it, but if you if you had told me to think of wrestling, I wouldn't really think of carnies. Well, but doesn't it have its root in the carnival? Literally? I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. it does. So, sure it that's does. exactly what it was, is with carnivals and traveling shows and stuff like that, they'd have their champion. Um, and then they would challenge random people to, to come in, like sometimes legitimately just somebody in the audience, not even like a plant uh, to right. challenge for the championship. And if they won, they won money kind of like in the scene from Spider-Man. Right. Where, um, where you wrestled Macho Man. Right. And that's where the birth of uh, kayfabe came in, um, which uh, kayfabe, for modern times for you, Corey, is essentially the uh, presenting of everything is legitimate on it. So the right. bad guys are legitimately their characters. They're the bad guys. They'll do guys the same way. They're actually like the they're actually doing all this stuff to each other, not pulling yeah. their punches and whatnot. Even as late as the 80s, like good guys and bad guys wouldn't even travel with each other um, in case like it would break the kayfabe and like a fan would see them together kind of thing. Um, right. With the internet and everything, that's it's calmed down quite a bit. Um, Lacey and... Evans though, is one of these people who I, I guess it would be kind of like the equivalent of like, uh, people doing method acting because she recently went viral because she got pulled over by a cop and didn't break character as Lacey Evans. <laughs> I believe she called the police officer a nasty. Yes. Yeah, she did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, with the birth of kayfabe and, keeping all the secrets of, of professional wrestling secret. Uh, right. It also went hand-in-hand hand with, like, grifting, and um, the promoters would be grifting the performers, and everybody's grifting the audience and everything like that. Um, and it just kind of kept that idea of not super high-class entertainment, and the people that are involved with it are, are very Carney-esque in that. Um, they wouldn't be necessarily the ones that you'd want to trust with your baby or that you'd want to trust with your, your wallet or anything like that. Um, so the term carny business always cracks me up a little bit because that interaction between Lacey, Charlotte and Ric Flair is uh, 
probably one of the carniest bits I've seen in a while. <laughs> um, business yeah, right yeah, yeah. It's it's real Jerry Springer adjacent, and yeah. it's something that's been missing for a while. I feel like because yeah. they kind of touch on stuff like that every now and then, but it's not like it was back in the the '90s or the early 2000s for the Attitude Era. Um, and I wouldn't want to necessarily go back to that stuff because a lot of it was hugely problematic. Mm-hmm. But kind of just getting that kind of ridiculousness of of issues on there. Like, I want to see one where somebody says that they stole their the other person's dog or something like that. Like, just kind of right. more reasons in the stories other than I want to beat you in a fight. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, so that 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 side of Carney, I'm all about bringing back. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I I really do think the next match they have, I want to see Corbin accuse uh, Sammy of stealing his lawnmower and (laughs) flipping the tar out of him. That's what I want to see. I'd be off. A lawnmower match? Yeah, a lawnmower match. (laughs) There were... This is going to be a little rough, guys, but there was a group... Um, that debuted in the mid-2000s called the Mexicools. Um, uh-huh. One of them was named Super Crazy. Um, the other one was named uh, Juventud Guerrero. The other one was named Psychosis. They were former, like, luchadors. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still luchadors, but they were, like, under the mask luchadors, and then they came into the WWE and they weren't. Um, and their entrance was coming in on John Deere riding lawnmowers. So, <laughs> at... At some point in history, I'm sure, based off that being that close to the ring, there is some kind of lawnmower, lawnmower match. match. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, like I said, not necessarily high-class entertainment. <laughs> but it's just some more carny shit. Yeah. Hey, carny shit is... Uh, <laughs> it's what this country was built on. Yeah. It really quite literally is. That's... <laughs> what the American dream is all about. All right. So with the show ending, with some context to kind of frame it out for you and everything like that, um, how would you rate this on any kind of rating scale that you want to use, whether that's thumbs up, thumbs down, one out of 10, anything like that? Like where, where do you land on it? I'd say I'd put this event, uh, at, uh, I don't know. Uh, I suppose, uh, yeah, I'll give it eight out of ten stolen lawnmowers. <laughs> eight out of ten stolen lawnmowers, nice. Yeah. All right, and then for the context of our show, Justin, um, how do you rate it, and how does it compare to Royal Rumble? Um, I I, I had fun with it. That I didn't feel like there was as many like storyline element stuff as there were was in the Royal Rumble. It felt like this was more disjointed. Uh, besides the stuff with the Miz. Um, I like the Royal Rumble. I just can't get over how good Vengeance Day was. Um, that one, it, I felt like it would be unfair to compare that one. Um, <laughs> this yeah, one was as far as far as my rating would, for it. I would say that in comparison, like I put Royal Rumble at probably like an eight. Mm-hmm. I would put uh, Elimination Chamber. Is like a, probably like a six. I was gonna say uh, like I, between six and seven. I, I, it it wasn't bad. I liked it. Um, it was entertaining, um, but yeah, it is very disjointed because there's just so much thrown into it that mm-hmm. doesn't really intertwine or overlap all that well. 
Um, and I do like the thing that they did with Roman Reigns. I don't, I, I famously, like, not famously, but famously to people who listen to this podcast, don't like this current Roman Reigns bit. I've never really liked, Ro- I, I like Roman Reigns. Like, you know, the guy overcame cancer. He's a th- philanthropist. He seems like a great dude. I just don't like how they write him all the time and how the fact that he always has to win. <laughs> but that being said, like Vengeance Day, hands down, like 10 out of 10 show. Oh, yeah. Vengeance like, was Day was amazing. There's not one single match that was not entertaining, not, not really well done. All of them had a lot of meaning behind them. So it would it'd be kind of like trying to compare uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Super bad and like Schindler's List in terms of quality movies. <laughs> uh, so that's that's where the the fairness can comes in on it. But I think uh, I think that's a, a good way to kind of keep an eye on it because like you with you kind of just going in fresh, kind of putting your rating on it. Um, I like that a lot because a lot of times these these shows will have so much kind of going on on it. You don't really have like a frame of reference. It doesn't have the same meaning. Mm-hmm. But you have like that fresh perspective of like, was this entertaining? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was entertaining. I will say, yeah. And with everything going on, I see why there's less of it. But yeah, the uh, without uh, coming in without any context and not following the storylines and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, the the story stuff wasn't uh, there. Wasn't you probably wouldn't want much, much of that because yeah. you wouldn't have any. That would be even more confusing. Because you don't know what they're talking about for a lot of it. <laughs> Although a little bit, uh, a little more uh, beefing there right before the match and stuff. Might. Yeah, yeah. I loved okay. Kofi Kingston's trash talk, like we talked about. There were stuff about much of the yeah. matches that I did like, or even um, like with how much Sheamus and uh, Drew McIntyre hate each other. So Drew McIntyre would headbutt the the plexiglass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sheamus told him to do it again. Just, <laughs> uh, a total, total kind of like big brother move almost. Like, yep. <laughs> um, so there's, that's a lot of, a lot of cool parts on that one. And I think uh, having that perspective from it is, is really cool. Cause it's really easy to, as a fan, right. If you're following everything to kind of get sucked into like one storyline and like say like, Oh, Keith Lee wasn't in this match. I don't give a shit about it anymore, which nobody said, nobody no. I think would have said that, but mm-hmm. as an example, uh, but having like that fresh perspective and not having any context, I think, is a really cool way to be able to interact Ooh. with stuff like that. Yeah, uh, that's what yeah. we want to do with this. We want to get a bunch of people with uh, varying perspectives on the show. So thank you for coming on, and we're glad that Thanks you. For having me, guys. We're glad that you didn't just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. That would be an interesting show too. Of, uh, we're we gonna get there. We're gonna. It's pizza. gonna. It's gonna happen. And it's probably yeah. gonna be Josh, but I'm all for it. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, thank you for for donating your time to not only watch this but to to talk to us about it as well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. I would it's say fun. that this elimination chamber rated as awesome. <laughs> well, it's because they came to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, great prop too. Just uh, one final note: the giant, uh, the big cage. cage thing. Yeah, good fabrication on that sucker. Mm-hmm. Did, I'd, I'd was it was it more? Was it different last year? Did 
I don't I know. Feel like it was because I don't. I felt like it. It, it felt like it felt like it was more sci-fi pod looking last year. Yeah, and I don't remember the space being between the ring posts and the pods previously. Yeah. Um, the shape seems kind of similar because it used to be like a straight up just circle. Mm-hmm. Um, on it and the mats around the ring used to be like metal grates. Um, so there's been a lot of changes on it, like. This is the first year that I noticed that the vertical chains were larger than the horizontal chains, so they can like string them through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this is the first year that the the in ring plexiglass wasn't broken, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, and said that it just had almost rip it off. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, with that, um, that was uh, elimination chamber from top to bottom, guys. We did it. Yeah. We did. Uh, woohoo! We did. All right. uh, we're part of the FabCheck Network yeah. uh, podcast. Uh, personal favorite of mine is Have You Seen? Oh, thank um, you. Listen to every episode except for your newest one. Nice. Um, it's in the queue right now, ready to go when we're done here. Sweet. Get to, get to hear you guys talk about The Thing, which... It's a great uh, movie. I've never, I've never watched myself, but oh, wow. um, I've, wow. I've wow. had a lot of people uh, talk about it. I've seen a lot of parodies of it. You should really um, watch it before you listen to us talk about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. You don't, don't let <laughs> anyone spoil it for you. Watch it before you get spoiled on this 30-year-old movie. <laughs> so this is one that you would suggest watching it before listening to the episode? Probably, yeah. Yeah, right, you should well. definitely, not probably, you should definitely watch the thing. All right, well, I'll do that, and then um, a new, a renewed renaissance of the uh, Amaze Balls. Uh, Amaze Balls podcast. Is mm-hmm. New episodes are being posted now on that too. Yeah, we um, got three, we got three podcasts going now, fellas. And like I said last time, uh, th- Nick, I didn't know him before, but he listened to the podcast and wrote in saying like, "Hey, I listened to your podcast. Do you want to do a wrestling show?" And I was like, "Yeah." So just write in, and I'll do whatever podcast you want. <laughs> what do you know about crochet, my guy? <laughs> I got some spicy takes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and Corey, um, you know Corey because uh, Justin's yeah. related to him, but we also play some Dungeons & Dragons with him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. DM extraordinaire. Um what else, do you have uh, any other kind of things going on that you'd want to mention to potentially tens of people? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, to all the listeners out there, I don't know. Uh, not particularly. Like a, a, a Twitter handle or something? Oregon. <laughs> What's that? Like a Twitter handle or something? No. Uh, find sure? me, I'm in Oregon. Just go, to <laughs> Oregon. Go, to Oregon. go to Oregon, wander around, maybe you'll find me. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Yote the Elf. Nice. All right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and you can find yeah. all of our stuff under the FabCheck channel on all the social media stuffs. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for being on, Corey. Um, but with this, we've ended talking about the Elimination Chamber. All right. Thanks again, guys. Yeah. It was fun. Absolutely. See Thanks ya. for being here. Adios and goodbye, everyone. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding.